Florida Panthers have made some changes in relation to their coaching staff. What does this mean for the rest of the staff and the status of Andrew Burnett on this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast? David Dork will be joining me to discuss this all and more on today's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Monday, June 13th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, where they'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, we have a little bit of developing stories when it comes to the status of where the Florida Panthers are going in the direction with their coaching staff. Uh, Kevin Weeks uh, did tweet out saying that Ulf Samuelson and Derek McKenzie have been let go uh, from the Florida Panthers coaching staff. So that's a little bit of breaking news uh, for the Panthers as far as Sunday. And this is, this is a good time to bring in David Dork of WPLG Local 10, the Chirping the Cats podcast, and the Odd Man Rush on the Five Reasons Sports Network. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Mondo. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Thank, thank you, as always, for uh, coming on. So it's crazy. This is a, this is a weird part of the, of the offseason. You know, we're, we're, for, the, every, for those listening, we're recording this on a Sunday night. It feels weird. Usually at this time, I wouldn't ask David to come on because there would be games of like Stanley Cup playoffs or the NBA finals or something like that. So this is kind of like the, this is kind of like the dog days of summer, as, you, as some people say. How, 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 how are you feeling as far as we're getting like towards the end and where your mind shifting as we go towards summer? Oh, my mind shifted today to try to figuring out what the hell I'm going to watch because there's no, like you said, there's no games on at all. There's like maybe one MLB game. I don't think there's any soccer games, no fights. And this is just kind of like, you know, it's not like an anomaly. It's, this is like a, kind of like a preview of like the next couple of months, what life is going to be like, like, congratulations, you'll get your random soccer games and all the baseball you can watch in a week, no hockey, no basketball, no football for another uh, couple months. So yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out like, what do I need to finish? I should, I need to finish the Sopranos. I'm on season four of that. Uh, there's a new Disney plus Marvel show that came out. So that should be fun. But I mean, that that's basically where my head is at right now. Have you been watching Kenobi? No, I haven't. I'm not a, I'm like, I'll watch Star Wars stuff. I'm not like a like, huge Star Wars fan or anything. Like I'll catch it. Like eventually I watched the Mandalorian and it was really cool. Like I, I like it. I'm just not like, I got a lot more into like the Lord of the Rings. I thought that was really cool. I'm, I'm really into like the superhero type stuff, the Marvel more than DC, but um, yeah, I, you know, for whatever reason, I, I never really like latched onto it like that, you know? Oh man. I, I, like, I like Star Trek too. Like I like them both, 
like I watch the movies and the TV shows and like, it's all entertaining. I'm just not like, you know, I guess I, I didn't like go over to the dark side and become like, you know, a Star <laughs> Wars, you know, super fan or a Trekkie or any of that. Mm. I, I love the reference that you use. I'll, I'll give you an A for effort on, on the, on the <laughs> reference on that. I like it. So let, let's get right into it. The, the hockey, when it comes to the Florida Panthers. So like I said, at the top, Kevin Weeks and uh, tw- tweeted with, which his breaking news videos are awesome. Uh, they're the best, but he was, uh, he was tweeting saying that Ulf Samuelson and Derek McKenzie, former captain, Derek McKenzie uh, was, they were let go from the Florida Panthers coaching staff. no, no news on goaltender coach Robert Tallis as of yet. So, and there was a tweet from uh, an athletic reporter who came out of Vancouver talking about the status of Ulf Samuelson. So these decisions were already made w- days in advance. So part of me thinks that there's already a decision for in, in place for what the coaching staff is going to be. But what's your optimism of of Andrew Burnett at, at this point in time, because I said that I thought he was going to be the coach, but I was starting to like have a little bit of doubts um, in the last few weeks. And now I don't, I, I, I don't know which direction to go. I don't even know who's the guy making the decision to let those go. What, 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 what have you been, how have you been processing the news? Um, well, first the, the guys making those decisions are uh, Bill Zito and like more than likely Matt Caldwell is always involved in the coaching decisions as well and other members of the front office, but like, those are the guys that are making the final decisions. Um, and, and in terms of processing it, I mean, it's been interesting, um, you know, trying to, you know, get ahead of the news is always a fun thing uh, when it comes to whether it's free agency or, you know, in this case, a coaching change or, you know, anything that's going on, but um, it's been hard to come by and at least in terms of on the team side, like they've been very tight lipped about the process. Uh, it has been ongoing for the last couple of weeks, uh, it's interesting to, to see kind of how it's shaking out. And Weeksy, I mean, you know, we love Kevin Weeks. He's very well plugged in, which is why, you know, I, his reporting, you know, you trust it. Um, so you know, I wouldn't bet against what he's saying being true. And that being the case, it, it makes you wonder, like, okay, they're keeping half the coaching staff, dumping half the coaching staff for now. What, what kind of message is that sending to Andrew Burnett? What kind of communication has there been to this point? I've been saying t- till now that I thought he would probably get uh, – a pretty good consideration for the job that I thought it, you know, he, as, as he should based on both his accomplishments last season and the relationship that he already has with all the other players that are there. This makes me wonder maybe if they're the Panthers brass are hedging their bets a little bit, uh, whether or not they want to retain him as the head coach, you know, whether they'd say, well, we'd, we'd still love to have you on our bench because you, the players love you. You know, these systems, you know, what we want to do, maybe not as head coach, if that would even be something that they'd look into. And that would obviously have to be something that would have to be run by whoever the guy they hire to be the new head coach. So there's a lot of elements to it. Um, with Rob Tallis, the goalie coach that you mentioned, uh, that's an, that, I think that's almost like a sidebar to it only because, you know, he, the goaltending excellence department that the Panthers founded the first team to do something like that. Like he's a big part of it. He's been with this organization longer than anybody on that coaching staff uh, or really in the front office. Um, so it, yeah, I mean, it's something that I've been kind of trying to wrap my head around since, you know, this has all started, just wondering how that would go just because the goaltending department has really become, I don't want to say it's own entity, but it's certainly a, a specialty that this front office offers its players uh, that play the goaltender. Um, and Robbie Tallis is a huge part of that. Uh, and, and you also have to consider, you know, Sergey Bobrovsky just had maybe the best season he's had in several years. Uh, he's been working every day with Spencer Knight. 
uh, there's a lot, a lot of those elements come into play as well. So I, uh, I'm curious to see how it shakes out. I hope, you know, I'd love to find out, you know, sooner rather than later, if there's anything to find out. Um, but no, it should be, it'll be interesting. Hopefully we get a lot of the, uh, these questions answered as it, as it, you know, plays out over the next probably a uh, couple of weeks. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned about Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight and working with them because you, that wasn't, you answered a question that I was already going to ask in relation to that. So, but I, I do, I do think about this because you're not the first one to, to talk about if the next coach coming in, if there is one, if big, if um, keeping Andrew Burnett as an assistant, I think about it as for dignity, dignity purposes is even on an interim basis, if you're serving as the head coach of a team and then you get pretty much the whole season, I mean, 82 minus seven, I'm not, I'm not good at math. 75 games, 75 games for Andrew Burnett in the regular season, plus those 10 playoff games. And then having to go back to being an assistant with that same team under the same management. If I think of, if I'm in Andrew Burnett's position, I'm offered that, I think I walk away. How, uh, like I think about it like that. I mean, that's one way to look at it. I, you know, obviously every person is, you know, everybody's wired a little bit differently. So you don't know um, how he would react. I, you know, personally, I think when, you know, that's kind of the pinnacle uh, it, it, when you're, you know, striving to, to reach certain points of your career. Uh, you know, if you're a coach, you want to be an NHL head coach, you want to be behind an NHL bench and he's there. Um, you know, you, you've got to take into consideration, well, I had one great interim season with a great team and we fizzled out in the playoffs. Is that enough to propel me to another job? Or would he just be catching on with another team to be somebody else's assistant and start that process all over again? Um, he's obviously done some, some good things in terms of getting himself out there uh, as a recognizable name in the head coaching hierarchy in the NHL. You know, a Jack Adams finalist is nothing to sneeze at. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know. I think you know, I, I would assume just being that he's a very thoughtful guy uh, that he would consider any offer or any situation presented for him um, and discuss it with his family. Um, mm -hmm. No, but that, I don't know. It would not surprise me uh, to see him behind the bench, may, you know, whether he's a head coach or not. I, I don't think just, it's just kind of going with my gut here. I don't think he would turn it down. Um, just, you know, obviously they would be catering something towards him, right? Yeah, they, it's tough to talk about the power play just yes. because of how, oh, God awful it was in the playoffs. But I think, you know, you consider how good it was during the regular season. And, and something that Bruno said after uh, when we spoke to him in the, the end of season meetings or whatever, the, the exit pressers, uh, one thing that he said that that's just really stayed with me to this point was when he was just kind of talking about how he assessed the job that he did. Um, he said one thing that he would do differently was he would not let you um, block out a lot of the noise and trust his gut more. And that can be kind of taken a couple of different ways uh, in terms of like how the people that would be deciding on his job will look at it. Right. Cause you can say, well, on the one hand, it seems like if you believe what he's saying, and I'm sure that that'd be discussions to have to figure out, you know, where he's coming from with that. But that was essentially saying, well, then there was a lot of meat left on the bone and there's a lot more to be accomplished. Right. On the other hand, you're thinking, well, shit, do I want somebody that, you know, is going to be just kind of pushed over like that? It, you know, like, and everybody's going to learn their lessons. I'm just saying that there's two, you know, sides to that coin, right? Um, I don't know, it's, 
I, I just think that there between what he's been growing with them for three years now, just as a coach, as a person, the relationships that they've built, I think it would behoove them to find, try to find a way to keep him around, whether or not they want to make him the head coach or not uh, try to keep him on as an assistant. I think the, that would be the best for, for everybody involved if they could keep him behind the bench. And now that he got a little bit of that experience, whether he does stay as an assistant or not, if by next year there's more head coach head coach firings around, he's going to be considered an interview being interviewed elsewhere. So, so even even though he 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 was very accountable, which is something you like to, to like to see when he talks about his mistakes. And of course, it's easy for people on the outside like us to say, "Oh, don't just don't fall into the public pressure of what we." think you should do it's it's easy for us to say uh, uh, like watching this team but of, of course how it, it all it also shows the inexperience there for 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 bruno there of of how when he took the helm of okay am i gonna put this as my authentic uh my authentic sense of hockey into this team as well or am i just gonna be too much influenced by the outside that that's that's something that every coach has to kind of like measure when when it comes to making decisions because it's easy for us to just say hey this is what you're doing wrong go out and do it yeah and when you think about it like he probably didn't have to deal with a lot of those stressful situations until well into his tenure as head coach as interim head coach uh just because you know at least right out of the gate the team was still humming right along the, the real, the only real adversity that uh, he had to face coaching wise, the, you know, in the first half of the season, you could say was completely out of his hands was when they were, you know, the combined COVID and injury issues that, you know, accumulated uh, right before the holiday break. Um, and, you know, they lost a few games there and they, they looked pretty crappy. Um, but, you know, that, you know, not like he was making bad coaching decisions. He had nobody to play. Um, so it may have been, and again, this is just me spitballing, but maybe there had been, it had been kind of smooth sailing comparatively early on. And then once you hit the rocky times in the second half and you, you know, you start worrying about playoff seating and standings and you're, you know, getting into that mode, um, you know, perhaps the lack of uh, high pressure experience at, yeah. And again, every game in the NHL is a high pressure situation, but yes. Um, things just get turned up a little bit when you get to the end of the season and the playoffs. And, you know, you can talk about it all you want, but until you live through it. Yes. Uh, and again, this is just me repeating what I've heard from players. I've heard from coaches. I've heard from executives that until you've actually gone through that experience, uh, you, you just can't plan for it. You can't prepare for it. Um, and so, you know, it's just going to come down to, do they, you know, to the decision makers, the Zito and Caldwell and, and company, uh, do they believe that Brunette has more to bring and that he can be the guy to lead them? Or do they want the more established voice? Then there are, you know, a few names out there. Interestingly yes. enough, I, I think the only name that I've heard linked to the Panthers was, um, was it Dave Haxtell? Or, um, Jeff Blaschel. Jeff Blaschel, yeah. Yeah. Getting my, getting my coaches mixed up. But yeah, Jeff Blaschel from Detroit. And I mean, that really does not make much sense on the surface. So you would think that they're, you know, and knowing Bill Zito and knowing how that front office has operated since he's taken over and how meticulous they are about going through all the processes. Like if they're considering a new head coach, then it's not just one guy that that just kind of goes to show how tight lipped a front office Bill Zito has created. 
uh, it's really hard to get information out of them. But I would think that they're, you know, if they're going that route, that they're exploring a lot more than one guy. Mm -hmm. That's, that's for sure. And uh, lots of questions to be answered in relation to that uh, sphere uh, of the, of, of the coaching for uh, the Florida Panthers. But in the next segment, we're because David is on the show, we have to have a goalie segment. Of course we have to David's favorite here, but we're going to talk about that next on the show. But first we're going to tell you all about athletic greens and athletic greens is a partner that a product that I've used literally every day. And I started AG one because I got a little bit of a bad habit with uh, drinking a lot of coffee. So I had to do a little bit of transition. So I started taking AG1. Uh, what, with, what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. To help you start your day right, this special blend of ingredients for your gut health, nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. That is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And we have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what, what you like and don't like about Lockdown Podcast. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long. And everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards to take to take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. All right, continuing this conversation on Locked On Panthers, it's our goalie segment for when, because it's David Dork on the show uh, here. So I had this conversation about the goaltending a few weeks ago when Elliot Friedman first spoke about the Florida Panthers possibly putting in the groundwork to try to trade Sir Gabe Bobrovsky mid-season and I think I, I thought about it and I was just thinking with four years left it's going to be a little bit hard to trade that contract with the known movement clause um what was your what was your what what was your take when you first heard about uh what what that possibly could have been as a possibility mid-season I I think it, it just kind of like ties into what like we were just saying about you know, Bill Zito in his front office that they, you know, do their due diligence on everything. Um, I think, you know, as good of a year as Bob had last season, he's, you know, whatever you want to call it, not a $10 million goalie. I mean, for trying yes. out Andre, Andre Vasilevsky makes nine and a half million a year and he's the best goalie in, you know, two solar systems. So um, I, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all to hear that, uh, to hear that the Panthers are, you know, it's, not even, you know, it's necessarily exploring a trade, just seeing if there's any p potential out there, anybody that would be interested in discussing, you know, what a trade potentially could look like. Cause I mean, you know, who in the right mind wants to take on the, the, the back four years of an aging goaltender's contract when he's, you know, has not come close to living up to that contract last season he did, but I mean, you would kind of cringe to think of him as a seven or $8 million a year goalie, let alone a 10 million year, uh, million dollar a year goalie. So uh, I, I don't, I don't want to say I don't see it in any way, just because I think, uh, as we've seen, uh, Bill Zito and his guys are 
really good at what they do and can make magic happen. Uh, so, you know, by all means, you know, let's, you know, let's not discount them, but it, that will take some work. Uh, I think, you know, getting into that whole Capcom, you know, cap conversation. And, you know, you, you said earlier, you wanted to touch on it. I think there's other options that they're, that they're more easily explorable to, to give you some cap relief uh, than it would be to uh, to do something with Bob and his contract. And I also think about it like this, because Spencer Knight does have one more year on his ELC, and then he'll be an RFA. And I think of it as if you combine your two goalies and divide the salary by two of what it would be, it's around like five-ish uh, five, five million uh, dollars between the two guys. So when you really think about that department in general, it it doesn't look too bad. What's going to, what's going to be the hard part for this, for this Panthers team is going to be the year after when Spencer Knight is going to get paid. And I also think about it this way. We saw Spencer Knight's fair share of struggles at the NHL level in the beginning of the season last year. Of course, the luxury of his ELC is to that he can move up and down without having to use waivers and improve, improve towards the latter part of the season. I mean, just as the trade deadline was approaching, he got he got a shutout against the Ducks, got another one uh, as well uh, towards the end of the season. And with the with the Panthers, we, you, you, we can't predict how good a goalie is going to be and how and how not good they're going to be from year to year. Like we, we weren't expecting this level of Sergei Bobrovsky this year after what we saw in the first two. And he was the least of the problems for the Panthers. But I just think if you also facilitate a trade for next season as well, and Spencer Knight is still on his ELC and he struggles, what's going to be the backup plan for the Panthers? That's kind of what I think about when he's on that final year. Well, I, you obviously would, if you're considering uh, any move to, uh, to, to trade Sergey Bobrovsky right now, um, I would find it hard to believe that that would be made with the assumption that Spencer Knight was going to take over as your you know, number one starter and go out there and play, you know, 50 to 60 games next season as a starting goalie. I, I don't, you know, that wouldn't make any sense to me right now, just because we haven't seen that from Knight yet. I don't think that they'd want to thrust him into that situation, considering, you know, he's, he's still coming along. I mean, he's still just yeah. 21 years old. Um, so, but, but again, like there, there are serviceable goaltending options that you can pick up, whether it's in the free agent market and the trade market of guys that are going to be making half of what Sergey Bobrovsky makes. Uh, and that can probably provide you with uh, similar numbers. I mean, I, I wish I, I put a list together in front of you, but I, I made one earlier this season of the goaltenders that make in the three to seven million dollar range, and the talent pool that was in there statistically this season. So it's not, you know, it's not a difficult sell in terms of finding the replacement. I would not think that Spencer Knight would be assumed to be that guy, um, and. Really, because once his once his entry level deal is up after this season, you'd think, you know, what makes sense is like, you know, like a two or three year bridge deal uh, gives him the opportunity to grow into what he would hope to be signing the really big deal, which at that time, what would he be like 24, 25 years old. So even mm -hmm. then, like he could sign a big deal at that age for, say, five, six years, and he still would be eligible to sign another year, another big deal in his early 30s, assuming his career goes the way it wants to go. So projection wise, since he started so young. He, he could be in line for a couple of big contracts. The bridge deal will be interesting to see how much he would earn. And that would, I think, uh, would be based on what kind of year he has next year. If he goes out and has 
uh, you know, a stellar year. I still wouldn't, wouldn't expect him to start more than maybe 30, 35 games at the most next year. But if he goes out and he, you know, puts up a nice win percentage, uh, gets, gets the save percentage above like nine fifteen nine twenty gets his goals against down, you know, anywhere close to two puts up those kind of numbers. And suddenly that bridge deal uh, is not going to come nearly as cheap as it would have uh, if he had another progressive, I'm young and I'm figuring things out season, which would be totally fine and expected. Um, you know, you always want to, you know, when you talk about cautionary tales, at least in recent time, you always look at Carter Hart and the situation that he was put into in Philadelphia. Uh, it was nice to see him start to bounce back last year. It was not, uh, it was discussed, you know, it was written about that it was a tough mental edge for him, the pressure that they was putting on him. And Philly is a, a beast to play in. And it's, you know, if you want to talk about sports curses, you could say Philly is a goaltending sports curse uh, just because they've struggled so hard to find that number one guy for so long. Um, so I don't know. It's, uh, you don't think there's much flexibility when you talk about the Panthers goaltending situation, at least for the next couple of years. Um, hopefully uh, it would just be kind of a repeat of this year with uh, Sergey Bobrovsky maintaining and Spencer yes. Knight, you know, continuing to progress. I think that's probably the best case scenario. I, th- I think so too. Um, and, and the fact that, and the fact of what we talked about earlier about Rob Tallis and all, uh, uh, still no news about him letting go. It kind of gives me an indication that he could be back because, like you said, he's a big part of that goalie excellence department what the, with what the Panthers made. And to keep that together, and again, the goaltending was the least of the problems for the Panthers in, in, in the postseason. So might as well run it. I, I, think it I, I don't think it's such a bad idea to run it back in, the, in that department of this team next year uh especially with uh now now let's talk about it's funny because there's another there's a goalie who got record numbers as far as a contract coming out of his elc and igor sisterkin just last year and he made it all he really carried his new york ranger this new york rangers team uh to the to the conference final even won the first two two games so it's it's all situational as well yeah. when it comes to it so. Well, Shesterkin came from, you know, he played several years in the KHL. He went to a uh, Gagarin Cup uh, in the KHL. He lost out to, you know, Ilya Sorokin, who's, you know, now an amazing goaltender for the Islanders. But I mean, these guys, when they, you know, they signed their ELCs in the NHL, it wasn't like Spencer Knight was a kid, you know, out of one year in college. Now he's 20 years old in the NHL. You know, these guys were, you know, well-established. They were in their mid-20s. They had, you know, long been playing pro hockey. So it was a slightly different situation. Uh, and I mean, I get, you could argue for both goalies that they're really earning, uh, those paydays. Mm-hmm. That's that, that no doubt that, that's for sure. And it's just, it's just a ple- pleasure to watch. Uh, we'll, we'll actually talk a little bit more of, of the, of the conference final and this and the upcoming Stanley cup final in, in segment number three, uh, and talk about maybe a little bit more goalie talk, but this time not, not Florida Panthers, um, related, but, First, we're going to tell you all about BetOnline. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, um, NHL Stanley Cup final, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA, UFC, and boxing. BetOnline is your continuous source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. 
Third and final segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got David Dwork from WPLG Local 10 here on the show. So we, we, we talk a little bit about the Florida Panthers and their cap situation and all. So they're going to have to get a little bit creative. It's going to be one, maybe two more tra- trades. And of course, Claude Giroux spoke out the other day about keeping him, about trying to keep him and where that he has the desire to stay with Florida. But of course, things can change from now until the day that free agency opens. So I, I try not to get a little too excited when I saw that original uh, article by Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic. But if the Panthers have to, of course, of course, make trades and of course want to contend again next year, which they will, especially with the direction that Boston is going in, I expect the top three to still be there. This is where really drafting and developing for the Panthers is really key. And I was just, I was just talking about Jeff Blaschel the other day um, in relation to Steve Eiserman. And what Steve Eiserman built in Tampa and looking at all the players that he picked before Julian Breezewell uh, took over. And this is where the Panthers, now that they're in this upper echelon in the Atlantic, even the Eastern Conference, they're there. Now the expectation is just to continue making the playoffs and eventually get the second round. We're, we're kind of now in a different mindset when it comes to this team. And drafting and developing is the, the key. And I was just thinking as far as on the cheap for the, the cats that this is where we're, we're going to see maybe Grigory Denisenko, maybe get another shot in the NHL to maybe uh, be part of the team full-time, but he missed part of the season this year. Cole Schwitt um, had one of his best, his best season in, in, in the AHL. So what's your, what's your mind um, thinking when it comes to the players that are making possibly making that next step to the Panthers, because we didn't really see too much of that this year of too many players being brought up and down for the, the cats in the NHL level. Yeah. And they're really going to need their young guys uh, to step up just because they've dealt so much of their draft capital uh, over the last couple of years. I mean, uh, where they have no first round pick until 2025, I think it is Um, one second round pick between now and then. Uh, so it's, it's going to be tough. And then when you really think about the prospect pool, it's not really that deep, uh, you know, Denisenko has not shown much in the, you know, he's still only 21 years old, but he hasn't shown much in the opportunities he's gotten. You've seen more growth, I think in the last year, year and a half from Alexi Heponiemi, uh, who's a restricted free agent, uh, that you would think the Panthers would bring him back as he, he showed up, uh, nicely in some of his NHL action last year. And then he, he guys, like you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, Cole Schwint, you got Logan Hutzko. Uh, who's always been good wherever he's at when he was Boston College. You know, he's always seems to be paddling injuries. Um, but it'd be nice to see him get, you know, full seasons under his belt. Justin Sourdiff is another one uh, who's still playing junior. Uh, you would, I think he's going to be, he's going pro uh, starting next year. Correct. Uh, so, yeah, you got to hope that guys like that step up. Um, you know, defensively, you know, Chase Pristy, he's a UFA at this point. Uh, Matt Kirstead's RFA. Um, I'm trying to think like just bad at that back level. I mean, oof, yeah, it's tough, right? Uh, Lucas Carlson. He's an RFA. He's RFA. John Ludwig um, only played three games this season. So yeah. Yeah. And a- I mean, we, these are guys that we've been hearing about them for several years. You're wanting to see if maybe they're going to take that next step. And I think 
Uh, we haven't seen it the last couple of seasons where I expected one maybe to see something um, at this level. But, uh, but on the other hand, it's not like there's been much space uh, for guys to, to make any kind of a, uh, to, to stake any kind of a claim at this level. Uh, you know, that's one area. And, and really defensively, that's not, there's not going to be a whole lot of space next season either, just because they've got, you know, what Ekblad, Weeder, um, Forsling, Montour, Dudas. Uh, these are all guys that are signed for next year already. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, just kind of circling back to the, uh, to the point of your original question, um, they're going to have to get something out of those guys, those that, you know, the Heponiamis or the Denisenkos, guys like that that we mentioned, or, you know, and maybe perhaps a little bit more reliable is just to count on Bill Zito to do what he's done and to go out and find yourself another Carter Verhage or another Ryan Lombard or, you know, guys that you can, you know, plant in at the bottom of your lineup uh, that aren't going to be very expensive, but that, you know, can play and play in your systems. Um, so, you know, just because that they've dealt their capital, I think this front office, at least at this point has shown that they can uh, make up for those moves based, you know, just finding players, well, you know, younger players. Uh, so I would expect to just kind of, I, you know, just based on what the, what this, the options they have at their disposal, I would think that that would probably be something that you'd see them uh, when, when we get to the new lead year after July 13, um, when we start getting into free agency, um, perhaps they'll sign another, you know, another few guys that we haven't really heard very much about, maybe aren't familiar with, uh, and, and they turn out to, to really shine with this system. Yeah, and, and one of those moves um, was actually the other day where the Panthers uh, agreed with defenseman Cal Zalen. I hope I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly. Um, defenseman who was a fifth-round pick from the New York Rangers, uh, uh, the and he played uh, in the SHL, I believe. It, 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 uh, yes, SHL, um, um, and had the most goals for a defenseman on his on his team. So that's a good sign uh, for for the Panthers. I don't know much about um, his game. Uh, don't know, don't know much about him, but that's adding to the debt and, and trying to see, okay, it didn't work out for this team. Let's see what we can do and try to find something. I mean, you, you, you said it, Carter Verhage didn't qualify an offer and look what he's become. He's a first line winger for, for the Panthers. Uh, Ryan Lomberg and his, and his cap hit for Ryan Lomberg is very team friendly for the next two years. And he's, and that this dude is such a grinder, Ryan Lomberg. He, he's a very likable player uh, for for the for the Panthers, and and just a, a person who is is just all effort for for the Panthers. And that's that. Those are the kind of guys you want, like towards like your 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 bottom bottom six, especially uh, for 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 this team. So it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit of just talking to people around the the NHL and just saying, hey, what do you know about this guy? Uh, and then just having a conversation and just see if they can bring them in. I, I think uh, Zito and his crew are very well plugged in. Uh, you know, you've got a, a diverse staff of the former executives. You've got former agents. Uh, you've got, you know, a lot of analytical guys as well. Uh, they, they really know how to touch on all the, all the right buttons. And uh, to this point, at least uh, you've got to be thrilled with uh, their batting average, their success rate. So Mm. again like i said it wouldn't surprise me at all to see us uh, to see uh, this front office sign uh some players that we probably aren't very familiar with that will end up making an impact next season it's just that's the track record yep they've earned it yeah and just because and and just because they went for it and gave up all that draft capital this year and it didn't work out it doesn't it, it's it's hard to swallow when you look at how much future you um you gave up but still when you really believe in a team 
as Bill Zito did, if, if you're doing it all over again, maybe you make a little bit of changes, but you still make that big move of bringing in like someone like a Claude Drew because because that's uh that's leadership right there. That's a guy in the faceoff circle as well. And with him and Barkoff on the uh, on the same line and having one side here for faceoff with one player and one side on the other, that that you you I I, I would still I would still make that move if I if if hindsight is twenty twenty and I would still make that move. How about you? No, of course you, you, you get an opportunity to, to swing for the fences. You take it. Like this is a Panthers franchise that hasn't even had been able to, to you couldn't even, you know, you laugh <laughs> the Panthers are making moves at the deadline. No, like they were in a position to make a run for a championship and, and they went all in. And I, that's, that's an amazing thing. It's a great opportunity for you to be there into that, in that position. And no, you, you take that chance, you know, five days a week and twice on Sunday or whatever the, phrases um but no that, that that's cool and i mean look you know they've given up high picks in the past and they've managed to retain the guys whether it was you know either one of the sams bennett or or um reinhardt <laughs> man it's it's been a few it's it's been a long off season um or um brendan montour that they brought back in the trail another trade from buffalo so and you know like you said they're talking there's drew would like to stay whether they can make it work financially we'll see Again, no discounting Bill Zito, but uh, you know that he doesn't want to give away those draft picks just for rental players. So, you know, keeping Giroux around would obviously go a long way towards uh, making that trade have an even different perspective than it already does, which I think the Panthers, uh, for what they got with Giroux, I mean, that's that's a trade that they they were fortunate that he's the only team that they that he wanted to, to come to. We put Philadelphia in a t- difficult spot. Mm-hmm. It, it was pretty awesome uh, knowing that, wow, they wanted to come to Sunrise, Florida? What? Oh, oh, okay. Let, let, let's go. <laughs> For real? Uh, okay. Before we get out of here, uh, I want to talk a little bit about how you're feeling about the goalie matchup in the Eastern conference final. And then how are you feeling about this uh, matchup for the Stanley cup final between the Colorado avalanche and the Tampa Bay lightning, which starts Wednesday at 8 PM. Well, the goalies in the uh, Eastern final was awesome. It was a treat. You know, it's great. Two of the best goalies in the world. Uh, and they really went toe to toe and it's fun to watch. I mean, you know, any, any fan of goal or fan of hockey, you don't have to be just a fan of goaltending, but you know, anybody that's been paying attention the last few years knows that if you want to geek out on goaltending, you watch Andre Vasilevsky in the playoffs. Uh, that's when he goes from, you know, great to berserker mode. Um, and it's, it's ridiculous to watch. Like you can't even, you know, if you're a fan of, of a team that does not like the lightning, hard to get mad just because it's so amazing like it's, it's really cool to see and to watch like a young guy like Shesterkin uh shine on that kind of a uh on that kind of a stage and he you know he's done it before in Russia but he had never you know experienced it here in the states in North America so uh, that was pretty impressive to watch uh, and now we get to see Vasilevsky in the finals and, and it's a curious goaltending matchup because when Kemper got hurt for Colorado Francois came in and Francois has been he's been one of my favorite backup goalies the last few years not just because he wears my number 39 um, just cause he's really fun to watch. He works hard. He's been great for Colorado and, uh, you know, he played great for them in the playoffs. Um, when he got put in there after that, you know, that odd, uh, eye injury, uh, which is so scary. Anytime you see anything go through a goalie mask, uh, it just makes you cringe. Um, but yeah, I think they've both started the same amount of games. I think they both have six wins, um, for the abs and on their uh, march to the final, you would think that they'd go back to Kemper just cause he's been their number one guy. Um, but I mean, either way, they're in good hands and I'm, I'm excited to see, cause you think, you know, Colorado's obviously got a great offense, Tampa, 
you used to think of Tampa as a great offensive team, right? But now it's like, man, this is a team that can really kind of turn things on their head and they can clamp it down when they need to. And, you know, it's the questions that they were asked about the Panthers. Can they change their style? Can they win a certain game in the playoffs? Well, Tampa's answering that question that they sure as hell can. Um, so what's going to happen is Colorado, the ultimate test, you know, Tampa had to shut down Toronto. They had to shut down the Panthers. What kind of test is Colorado going to have? And then also Colorado has been off for like a month, right? The, after sweeping Edmonton. And we saw how rusty Tampa looked at the beginning of their series with the Rangers after they swept the Panthers and had all that time off. So, you know, the, a lot of intangibles come into play, but I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out. And I'm, you know, I'm just hoping that they throw haymakers at each other until, uh, you know, game seven, last man standing type deal. Yeah. And we think about how for the Panthers that, they weren't able to beat Tampa Bay without Braden Point. Neither did the neither did the New York Rangers. And now he's progressing towards uh, playing. Still no status on Nazem Kadri. It was originally reported that he was out for the season, but don't rule him completely out. So there's a itty bitty chance after getting a surgery after get that hit from Evander Kane in the in the conference finals. So that there's another factor when it comes to that. Sam Gerrard is not playing. Uh, with a broken with a broken sternum as well, so there's a there's a little bit of that on the other side. And Franco, you you mentioned it. I I, I I'm also a fan of what Franco's as well. He, late bloomer coming into the NHL in his late 20s to early 30s, and and getting a chance to prove himself um, in the NHL in the NHL level for for that. So uh, I I put out I put out a meme the other day of uh, Princess Leia uh, with quote saying help me Colorado avalanche. You're my only hope from the episode four. So put kind of put that out there uh, for, for the, for the timeline blessing because, you know, Kenobi's out as well. So, so it's, it's, it's topical. It's, you know, I got you. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, it's, it's going to be a fun one. And uh, it's funny because Corey Perry uh, the last two years, he's been on the loser of the, of the Stanley cup final. And now he's has a chance to also win uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So something's got to give here uh, for for the Tampa Bay Lightning and Corey yeah. Perry. Shades of Marion Hosa back in the day till he finally won it with Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no no doubt. So so with, with this one, I, I, I haven't I haven't made a pick. I think I'm gonna save that for a Wednesday show. Uh, but but with with home ice advantage, that's what the that's what what the avalanche have. Um, Tampa are, are, are they going to be too tired going into going into this Stanley cup final after winning two straight one in a COVID bubble, sh- two short and off seasons. So that's uh, things to consider as well for Tampa Bay. So it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be, fun. it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. But uh, David, I want to thank you for joining this episode of the locked on Florida Panthers podcast. Uh, always a pleasure having you here um, for everyone listening. I, I'm sure st- people know you around the panther sphere but in case in case there are people who don't uh tell every tell everybody where they can follow you and your work online uh sure and thank you again for having me on mondo it's always good to catch up and chat and talk some hockey even when we're not sitting at a bar with alcoholic beverages in front of us uh it's still nice to chat um but yeah you can find me on twitter at david dwork uh, you can find my written work at local10.com or on the local 10 app you can find it in any of your app stores on your favorite phone device. Uh, and yeah, I'm a contributor for five reasons sports. I had the odd man rush last season. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. Right. Twitter website, 
YouTube. Yeah, I think that that checks all the boxes. Yep, and, and it's a, and a very simple name to to remember too. So uh, make sure to follow him and his work online. Thank you, David, for joining. Hey, Amen. Anytime. Be good. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown NHL. Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with David Dwork. And you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.